0: Welcome to Social Scoop podcast hosted by your biz BFF, Kristen Bousquet. And thank you for being here. Every Tuesday, we release a brand new episode for entrepreneurial influencers who are looking to more successfully and sustainably monetize their influence while keeping the soul in social media. We'll be spilling the tea on all the latest and greatest tests, features and releases from the top social media platforms and bring you a valuable conversation with some of the top voices in the influencer and social media industry. Plus, I'm an open book. If you hear something in this episode that you want to chat about further, send me a message on Instagram at your yoursocialmate or KBoosk. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 20 of Social Scoop podcast. My name is Kristen, and I am your host today and every day here on Social Scoop, where we give you all the news And an amazing interview with this week, my friend, Reagan, And we're going to give you all the tea on what you need to do to be successful on social media and really build a business here because so many creators are doing it and you can too. There's no reason you can't. So we are going to be starting off with some really interesting news that we have this week. But first, I need to acknowledge the fact that we are 20 episodes into this podcast. Holy shit. That happened so fast. I'm very proud of myself. I'm very excited and happy that you guys are loving the podcast so far. So 20 episodes in, baby. Let's keep going. Pretty soon we're going to be at 40 and then 100, and it's it's going to be crazy. So first off, we have some great Instagram news. Actually, a lot of really exciting things on Instagram, which, as you know if you've been listening to this podcast, every episode that I start off talking about news It's not always exciting (laughs) because sometimes the updates, I'm just like, can you guys do things that we need you to do? Not like all this weird shit that you're doing just for the sake of doing it. I don't know. Anyway, first of all, Instagram is testing a save button for Reels. Hello? Why does this not already exist? I feel like this should have existed as soon as Reels was created. But in order to save a reel, as of right now, you have to hit those three little dots and then hit save. And I know, I know it's two actions instead of just hitting that save button. But you would be so surprised at how lazy people are. So many people are not gonna hit two buttons when on a feed post, they can just hit one. So when you're on the reels tab, hopefully pretty soon we'll have a save button so that you can just save that reel one touch, one click, And for all you lazy people out there, this one's for you, myself included. Because honestly, there are times when I'm like, I guess I, I don't need to click this. I don't need to save this. It's not that important. But this could be really great for us. So I'm very excited about this. Next, Instagram has officially announced the live moderator feature. This is actually really cool. Um, I'm not sure how useful it's going to be to people listening to this live, but also I don't know, or to this podcast. I don't know how many people are listening to this podcast that have enough people in their Instagram lives where they would need a moderator. But if that's you and maybe you stream or things like that where you maybe can't moderate, this is really awesome. So basically you can assign a moderator to your Instagram live now and that will give the moderator the power to report comments, remove viewers from the live, turn off comments for a viewer, etc. Um, so if, for example, I was having a really crazy live and there were a ton of people and like I just couldn't keep up with what was going on, Andrew could moderate the, uh, the live and then basically he could control all of that for me or anyone that I assign. But I think it's kind of a cool feature. Again, especially if you're someone who goes live very frequently and it's a lot to keep up with. This is really awesome. So if that applies to you, there you go. Instagram says you're welcome. Also, Instagram is working on a new dual story feature, and I actually really like this one. So, with this feature on stories, you will be able to record with the front and back camera at the same time. So, this could be really cool if, for example, you're trying to like show what's happening around you for with the back camera but also use the front camera to record like your reaction to what's going on or you you know again moderating what's going on so I really like the idea of being able to use both cameras at once I think that's so cool I can see a lot of different instances when I would use that so this one hopefully is coming pretty soon but I'm actually really excited about this. Another really, really exciting feature, especially for creators who have a lot of people where they're creating something really amazing and people are recreating their their work. Uh, Instagram has launched a new tag type. So what this does is it enables creators to tag collaborators. And influences within their images. So, essentially, how you could do this is when you are on the area in your feed post where you're about to post something and you wanna go to tag someone. So, you go to that tagging area, you hit add tag, and then you'll search to find the person that you wanna tag. And essentially, you can click on Show Profile Category to display the Creator category. So there's going to be a few different categories. Creator is is one of these new ones, or Influence. Um, and so basically, you can hit Done. You share your post, but what this is going to do is it's going to show when someone looks at the tags on that photo, it will show the people who originally created that piece of work that you created or that influenced that piece of work so that they can get credit where credit is due i love this how many times as as a creator has someone recreated your work and you're like wow it sucks that i got like a mention in the caption all the way at the end or something like that or maybe you get a tag and someone didn't look at the tags or you know are buried under a bunch of other tags i think it's really cool that you can actually specify what person is tagged in the photo for what reason. So I really love this. Again, I think you could find a lot of use for this if you're someone who, um, like myself, I find things on Pinterest or on photographers' Instagrams all the time that I would love to show more of a hey, you know, this came from this person. This was inspired by this person. But the best I can really do at this point is tag them wherever I can, mention them in in the caption. Uh, But I honestly never feel like I'm doing enough to, you know, really thank these creators for creating something that I was inspired by. So I love this idea. I think this is genius. Also TikTok, one piece of news from TikTok, they're now showing you how many people saved your video uh right now we can see obviously likes comments we can see shares but we cannot see how many people save a video so this is really cool it will just be a little section on the bottom of the video where you'll be able to see how many uh saves that you have on that video and also i should mention you could go check in your TikTok and see if this has happened for you but in the past week i actually got that new feature on TikTok where you can actually Organize all of your saved videos. So, what I did was, I have one uh, little folder there that's like trends to try so that I don't have to go searching for trends every morning. Like, if I find one the day before, I can put it in this save folder. And then when I go to record my TikToks in the morning, I go right to that folder get my trend and I'm on my way. So it's a lot easier. And I mean, you can also go through and make any type of folder you want, but it's just a really cool way of organizing your saved videos or your favorite videos, just like you can on Instagram. So very excited about all this. I don't know about you, but I feel like this is actually a really great week of different news pieces here that are all very beneficial for creators, which like, Shit. Instagram never does that. It's always a bunch of shit that we don't need. And we're just like, why, why are you wasting your time? Give us, give us a chronological feed. Speaking of that, Andrew literally gets it on and off like a couple of times a week. A week. Like some days he'll have it, then he goes to look again and it's not there. Um, another one of my friends said the exact same thing. So, as of right now, it doesn't sound like anyone really has that chronological feed consistently. Hopefully, it's still on the way though. I remember when it first was announced, Adam Masseri did say by the middle of the year, which I would assume June, July, that they were going to have this ready to go. So, we're about halfway there. We'll give them the time. We'll see what happens, but I'm very excited about that still. I have a couple of other things that I want to talk about before we get into our interview with Reagan today. First is our quote, uh, and then I have a little tidbit that I want to talk about. I need to whip some people into shape with this. Um, So, first of all, this quote, don't adapt to the energy in the room. Influence the energy in the room. I love this because I feel like too many times as creators – We start to like pull energy and pull things from the people that we're following and the people that we're seeing consistently on our pages. And a lot of the times I I see some negative stuff and then I start to feel really negative as well about things. And this specifically reminds me of when people talk about how Instagram is now. Everyone is, like, getting sick of Instagram. I think you can all, everyone listening to this can agree that in the last few months, people have been over it, which is really scary, I have to say. But I I was part of that. I was part of that in the beginning. I'm feeling so much better about it now. I've, I've just had such a mindset shift that I really do feel good about Instagram. And I think my mindset shift has actually reflected a lot in the way that my content is performing as well. So... I'm happy to talk about that another time. But what I want to tell you today, well, going along with this quote, you know, you see so many people complaining about the algorithm and the fact that we have to do all this engaging and we have to post at these special times and do research into hashtags and so much work, you know. The thing is, you going into getting so negative about all of these different things and just using your energy to dive into the negativity and like let it surround you is the biggest waste of energy ever, okay? If you could influence the energy instead to, like I'm trying to do, change people's mindset and help people feel better and and change their perspective so that it's just a better use of energy. So I think about all of this kind of complaining that creators have been doing recently about all the work that they have to do. But newsflash, you guys, this is a business I don't know what change that people expect that they don't have to do work to grow a business it sounds it sounds like something we should all understand you know any other industry in the world okay? There are things that are annoying. There are things that change. We have to adapt to those changes if we want to stay in that industry. But regardless of what industry you're in, there are going to be changes you have to deal with. That's just how it works. But the fact that creators don't want to spend time engaging, they don't want to do hashtag research, they don't want to spend all this time creating. Like, first of all, that comes with the territory. If you are trying to monetize on this platform, you are not going to just slide in and have it happen for you. You have to work for it. It's a business like any other business. They don't run themselves, unfortunately. (laughs) So I think it's really important to do this mindset shift. I talked about this a very long time ago. I think, honestly, it might have been the first episode of this podcast, but you have to change your mindset to like not oh, this sucks that I have to do all this work. I don't want to engage with people. I don't want to do hashtag research. I don't want to think of post concepts. Like all of those things that feel so heavy to you, you need to change your mindset to I have to do them to I get to do them. Like I've been trying to do that so much more in my life. How cool is it that I get to create for a living? How cool is it That I get to literally talk to people on the internet and pay my bills by doing that. Like, that is a privilege. That's incredible that I don't have to go to a nine to five job every day. Like, what we're doing as creators is fucking awesome. And I think we need to kind of step back and realize how awesome and how blessed we are to be able to do what we do, but change the mindset to, wow, we get to do this, not. Ugh, I have to I have to respond to my comments wow you have to engage with your friends you have to have conversations with people who look up to you who like what you're doing poor you I'm basically just saying i really i understand that this can be so frustrating again every job that you could possibly get into is going to have things that are frustrating this is frustrating there's no doubt that our industry has frustrations the issue is that, people are letting it stop them from building their businesses and doing what they want to do here because they're afraid of having to do the work. You know, they're afraid that they're going to have to put time into it. And I know that for a lot of people this is fun, and in in that case I think it's a little bit different. If this is not what you want to do full time and you still have to work and then you also feel the pressure of Instagram, okay, I get why I get why you're upset. I get why you're complaining, but for anyone who's trying to do this full time, go into it knowing you are lucky to be able to have this as a job opp- opportunity, and you also are so lucky to be able to share what you love and hang out with people and have this non-traditional job every single day. There's going to be a lot of work that goes into it, but it's something you get to do, not something you have to do. So with that being said, rant over, TED Talk over. I have to introduce you to my friend, Reagan. I'm not even kidding you guys. We've had so many amazing guests on this podcast. Reagan though, is just one of my favorite people that I've ever met on Instagram, first of all. Second, she is just like such an awesome person to shift your mindset and really make you feel comfortable, make you feel confident, and make you feel excited about being on the internet. And so I think that with this quote and kind of little rant that I got into today. She's the perfect person to slide this episode right into because she has just so much advice and tips for you to help change you, your mindset. So I hope you guys love Reagan. I know you're going to, but let me know how you like this episode. Without further ado, let's get right into it. I am seriously so excited for today's guest. We have Regan here, who is one of my friends that I met. I don't know. We probably met last year, maybe. Um, But she is just, she's already had such an impact on my life. And I know she is going to on yours as well. So Reagan, thank you so much for being here.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to finally be on your podcast.
0: Yes, I know. We like, I feel like we do lives and stuff, but like this was meant to happen. Like we needed to get you on the podcast to really have an even longer and more in-depth conversation. Cause I feel like every time we talk on live, we always have just like so much good value.
1: Yes. And we get off topic, and then we're like, we have more to talk about later on. So here it is.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, everyone who is listening, um, Reagan is a creator, but she also has just so much going on. So, Reagan, give us like a real quick uh, rundown of, of exactly who you are and what you do. Okay. So, I basically
1: break it down into three different avenues I own a marketing agency. So, that's number one. So, I work with clients, typically small to medium sized businesses, and I do social media management for them. Then my second is my own social media. So I do all the things, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, uh, pretty much everywhere. And then I do apparel for my birthmark community, which is a digital community based on social media that I started from my bedroom many, many, many years ago, way before I owned a marketing agency. And I sell apparel that's just positivity-based, uplifting, kind of fun, and plays into... Um, kind of all that all that is my brand entirely. So those
0: are the three different channels that I have going on. I love that. And it's I think this is why we get along so well is because we both just always have so many different like businesses that we're working on. And I think we both really like to be busy. And I don't know if you feel the same way. But I love working so much because I I know I'm good at it. And so it just makes me feel so good to be doing something that I'm like, yes, I'm crushing it all day.
1: Yep. I really feel like my identity is my work, which I know they say is probably a bad trait, but I really do feel (laughs) like that's when I'm happiest and feel most fulfilled. And it's really nice when the two things come together because it doesn't feel like work. And then we yeah. work 24 hours a day.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, like it could be so, so much worse. We could be working jobs that we hate and we don't want to ever go to work. The fact that we always want to be working, I think, is actually really awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to count yes. it as a win. <laughs> I, I think we'll count it as a win. <laughs> so tell us how you got started. I don't know that I actually know like your origin story. Okay. So it was
1: totally an accident. I fell into owning a marketing agency because I was feeling really lost. I was about a year and a half into the workforce. I had a business degree. I knew I was good at social media, but I didn't have experience. I was working in sales. So I ended up quitting my job one day and just started networking like crazy. This was 2019. Um, From there, I started a marketing agency at the beginning of 2020. And I found a lot of success because that was around the time when the pandemic started. Everyone had to go digital. So the couple clients I had had a few friends that needed, you know, help with social media. And those few people needed help. And it just kept growing from there. And then about six months in, I started to feel like social media is your own portfolio these days. And you no longer need a resume, especially if you're owning a marketing agency. You don't need a resume or a fancy website. If you have right. a following, that's your credibility. And I didn't have any public social media. I did blogging back in you know high school and college, but it was so outdated. And so I had kind of been toying with the idea. Maybe I'll post like marketing tips or just have a marketing Instagram. But after two weeks of that, I was I felt like it was so inauthentic. <laughs> it wasn't me. And it, yeah. I, there was a million other people doing it. Um, so that's when I kind of turned to TikTok. And I truthfully didn't have the intention of TikTok turning into anything. It was more just me like stepping out of my comfort zone and testing out things that I wanted to do for my clients on my own social media. Cause I figured, all right, let me try this hashtag strategy or let me try this new trick and report back. Right. So that's how it all started was me just testing out my client stuff on my own pages. Cause I knew it didn't matter. I didn't have a following, but then it started to grow and it was working and it's kind of become this thing where now I juggle my marketing agency, I have contractors ha- who have to help me with that because my own social media has become such a big part of what I do. And I've right. become so passionate about, you know, about spreading my message. And, um, and obviously, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a full-time <laughs> job in itself. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of by accident. I fell into this world and um, have really just been on this crazy journey over the past, like, I guess, two years now.
0: Isn't it crazy how fast the last two years have gone by? I think about that all the time. I'm like, wow, we started SocialMate in 2020 as well. And I'm just like, how has it already been two years? It's crazy.
1: I know. It's been the longest two years and the shortest (laughs) two (laughs) years.
0: Yeah, honestly, that's very true. So, as you were, you know, you had your marketing agency, your TikTok is taking off, your Instagram is doing great, like everything is going really well. At what point with your social media, uh, your personal social media platforms, did you actually start to monetize?
1: I would say once I hit around 50,000 or 60,000 followers on TikTok was when I actually got. My first, hu- it was pretty gigantic. The first time, my first brand deal was with It Cosmetics.
0: Amazing. <laughs> and they
1: had reached out. Yeah, it was crazy. And um, that was really exciting. So I, I feel like it was around 50 to 60,000 followers, but it was so slow for, I would say, the past, like the next few months. I was just excited to get one, one right. work with one brand, you know, that was exciting enough for me. And it just felt like a little extra money. But I wouldn't say it was until I hit probably like 150,000 followers on TikTok is when it became more steady. And I was like, wow, I can actually reach out to brands and get a response. Right. Um, I've always felt like it, it's led with TikTok. Um, and Instagram has always just been something that's been tacked on to, you know, a partnership, whereas it's like, you know, maybe post on stories or reshare right. it to reels or whatever it is. So I would say, and that probably was two or three months into me posting on TikTok.
0: That's awesome. I was going to ask like how how fast did you grow once you first got on? So like, you know, your first month, what were you at like at the end of your first month in terms of followers?
1: So, I would say it was also weird. I I had a lot in my head happening because I had really not shown my birthmark to anyone other than like my digital community. So, I was still like putting my hair over my face. I was putting on makeup just to record. But I was noticing that I was getting a lot of positive feedback from people. Yeah. Um, and this was also at the time where I think people were still weary about TikTok. Not everyone had downloaded it yet. So it was <laughs> yeah. kind of felt like a smaller community and wasn't as scary. Um, I would say the first month, I probably was at 10,000 followers. Um, but I will say, I feel like back then, even a year ago on TikTok, it was a lot easier to go viral and get followers. Whereas now I can post the exact same thing and 30 (laughs) people will see it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I feel like it was, it was just, it was kind of slow over the month, but then it compounded. Once I hit certain thresholds yeah. or I had certain things go viral, it was kind of explosive from there. But I've, I have a weird TikTok story because I don't have a specific thing that I post about. Um, right, right, I have an overarching theme, but I don't have a niche per se.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's totally fine. Like That's one thing that I think a lot of creators struggle with is they feel like they have to put themselves into a box. And I have mixed feelings about it because I feel like a lot of people who do have a very specific niche can grow a lot quicker because like they start to be known for that certain thing. And then, you know, people come to them over and over again. And that's, you know, a lot of what they share. They know that that's what people want to see. And that's great. But I think there are other people like you, you post about fashion and beauty and confidence. Like, all these different things that I guess they, like you said, kind of are under the same umbrella of probably just general confidence, you know, because like, obviously, you're showing people how to wear things that's going to help with confidence, beauty confidence, like, I think a lot of your content still falls under a a niche, kind of, but you're not so focused, yeah, on one specific thing. And I, I think it's a either way, it can work, but it's so hard to try and nail that down when you're a creator who's just getting started like do you have any tips for creators who are like I just have so many things that I love and so many things that I want to talk about but I don't know what direction to go in
1: I think for me I tried to because like you said it's hard because a lot of these gurus are saying find the thing that works yeah. or so that people are enjoying and keep doing it um I do a mixture. I I obviously have to be strategic and analyze what works and what people, you know, respond to or interested in. But I also try to ask myself, am I excited to sit down and film this? Because if I'm not, I don't want to keep doing it. Um, Like as much as I love those videos where people change their outfit 15 times and snap and do a thousand transitions, (laughs) personally, the anxiety that it brings me to like put those outfits together, change my hairstyle and yep. destroy my apartment. I've done it a couple times and realized it, I like watching them and it's not for me. I'm sure I would I feel perform amazing. But I just don't yeah. want to do it. And so it's kind of been like a little bit of a battle of that if I enjoy doing it that it's I'm going to be able to stay in this longer. It's going to be more sustainable. And if it doesn't right. go viral every time, at least I'm having fun, which is where I try to remind myself. We have to stay in that mindset in this world because if we're we're gonna burn out if, if exactly. we're not having fun doing
0: it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's it's so important. I mean, like you, we said, you know, you can. It's cool that we can be in this industry and we can be having fun talking about the things that we love while monetizing, I think that's the coolest part. So I actually want to touch on this campaign uh, with It Cosmetics. So you were saying that's kind of like the first brand partnership you had, but recently you just worked on a huge campaign with them. So I I am so so proud of you. I think this is the coolest thing. I can't wait to walk into stores or like see this places and be like oh my god, that's my friend! Um, So I need to hear all about this partnership. How did it come about? Like how was the experience? It must have been so cool. I need to hear everything.
1: (laughs) So cool. So I was still really small at this time when they had reached out. I did an initial campaign with them where I think I just was promoting um, a foundation or something. And that was a one-off partnership. And then the video did fine. I wouldn't say it was like, you know, some crazy huge success. I was just so excited. And then this was, um, it was a very long process. So it, it was June of last year when they first reached out. And it was a very... Straightforward emails, like three sentences. We would, you know, wanted to know if you're free these dates to be in New York City. We're doing a campaign centered around. Um, it really didn't even say what it was. It just said um, showing off some of our our biggest products. We would love for you to be a part of it. And I had no idea at the time, you know, what what does a rate look like for something like this? Yeah, you know, it's like a week long thing. I have to be there, and obviously there was all this COVID precautions and everything. So that was the initial conversation. And then it kept getting canceled because of COVID. So Uh, I would say August, it still hadn't been booked. And I really didn't think it was going to move forward. And I've never been on a set before or gotten my makeup professionally done or any of that. And on top of it, it's a very vulnerable topic to be like talking about my birthmark and confidence. And and when I feel very much, that's like, that was a big imposter syndrome thing. I felt so disqualified to be a part of something like that. So I ended up moving forward and I would say it was the end of August when I flew out to New York and I was really excited about the premise of the campaign because, and especially It Cosmetics, um, their owner does a great job of really empowering, first of all, all ages, all skin tones, but also just empowering people to use her products, but also you don't need her products to be pretty, which I really enjoy. Yeah, Um, So that was kind of the premise of the campaign was... Um, you're beautiful with it. You're beautiful without it. And everyone who is a part of it, there's I think nine different women. Um, everyone has something different. So for me, obviously it's birthmark confidence. Some people have vitiligo, some people, they have bags under their eyes or simply they're just mature skin and trying to, to empower people over 50, right. whatever it is. So I felt really honored to be a part of that, but it was so crazy to me because I don't have an agent. I'm not a signed model. And these these women are like professionals that were there, and I'm so like, I just scary. post on TikTok.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
1: was like, I just post on TikTok. I have no idea. Like, I got an email, and I'm here.
0: Um, oh my god, so that was a really
1: surreal experience. You know, working with—I mean, the set was humongous. There was probably a hundred people working it with cameras and we had to do the same shot a million times. I truly have so much more of an understanding for like actors and models because I was exhausted for weeks after that. Like (laughs) it took so much out of me. Um, And then it was kind of, that was it. That was a waiting game. And I had, they had said, it'll come out sometime next year. And I'm like, what is coming out? I don't even know. We shot so many things, took so many pictures. Um, But it was a really cool experience to not only be, A voice for kind of just beauty in general and something i'm passionate about and i've been using their products since i was a teenager but also just to think that social media was able to provide that for me was just so so nuts
0: it's so cool like what a cool experience so where are like everything that you created where is all of that gonna be what do you even know where it's going
1: it's kind of all over. I know that, um, some of the photos have been used, I think in France. Um, oh my gosh. yeah, it's, it's, yeah I, I keep finding stuff. People keep tagging me. This girl looks like you. I'm like, that's because that's me. Crazy! Um, oh my gosh. So crazy. So it's used globally. Um, Amazing. I know my friend who was a part of it, she just saw her pictures. I think it was like Mexico or something so that they have global ads and that's so um, cool. all sorts of things running everywhere. So I've been discovering new new things. All I know is it's out there and it's in all sorts of different places.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. What a cool yeah. opportunity and with such a great brand too. Yeah. Everything looked so good. So I'm excited to hear that story because I was like, I need to know how this happened. Cause I would have gotten that email and been like, is this spam? Like, is this meant for me? It can't be real. It seems kind of like it. Be- like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like three sentences. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's insane. So, okay. This sounds like it was a really great partnership experience from what you've told us. Now, have you ever had any really horrible partnership stories? I'm sure you've, at this point, you know, you've been in the game for a few years, you've I'm sure, have been working with more brands. Have you had any horror stories?
1: Yes. So I made the mistake of signing on for... It was called an ambassador program, okay. which red flag. Yeah. <laughs> I Now I avoid like the plague. But they were essentially pitching that they were selecting like eight ambassadors for this brand and it was going to be non-exclusive so you could still do other partnerships. Yeah. Um, and essentially what it was was just an it was a long-term partnership. So you had, you know, I think it was one to two con- pieces of content a month. You would submit them and then it just all fell under this umbrella. Okay. But it <laughs> I mean, the company ended up going out of business before the contract even Okay. went to full <laughs> term. But it, I would say it was a huge learning lesson in terms of contract wise. Yes. I mean, I never thought of the company would go out of business. So where did that come into play as far as getting paid? I mean, I was having to like find empl- ex employees through their personal Instagrams to like try and get money from oh. months ago. So that was a really big eye opener for me. Number one oh. about investor programs <laughs> and yeah. how sticky they could be, but I mean that's something that wouldn't cross my mind. Why would I put a clause in there about going out of business? If the
0: business closes. Yeah, exactly. So did you end up getting paid?
1: I had to jump through many <laughs> a hoops. <laughs> oh. Literally my through like Instagram DMs. Um, it was pretty bananas, but I did get partial payment.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. That's so tough. It's it's so hard because there's only so much you can do at a certain point. Like I had um, one of my students recently who was like, hey, I worked with this brand. Like I sent them all the content and they just like never said anything. I've been following up. No one's answering me. Mm. And I'm just like, I don't like there's only so much I can tell you to do. Like we can find every single person possible, send them all emails a million times. And at that point, like, there's that's kind of only the things that you can do you know like it's it's yeah. tough and it stinks because this industry is worth so much money and like pe- this is such a legit industry even though people love to say whatever they want to say about it it's, sure. it's a very legitimate industry but sometimes it's just like how is it still the wild wild west like there are still so, so many things that I'm like how are these not regulated things. Like why are we not getting paid on time? Why is there net right. 90? Like why does it take you 90 days to pay me? And net 90
1: from the post date too. I'm exactly. like, I've been already working with them for six months. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: It's crazy. It
1: is. It
0: so, really is. so I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about confidence. Obviously, like we were saying, you know, confidence is a huge part of what you do. And part of like your mission statement or, you know, like your purpose of what you're doing yep. here on your social media platform. So how important would you say that confidence is as a creator?
1: So someone said something to me um, a few months back that's really stuck with me. And it was that as humans, we all have different things that we are interested in in life. We all go, you know, have different goals, whatever it is. But right. one thing that we are all attracted to because it's attainable is confidence. And I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. I guess that I've never, obviously it can lean towards being arrogant, but something that we all, I think long for is to feel comfortable, safe, you know, feel confident in our own body, feel confident in our job. Who doesn't want that, you know? Exactly. Um, And so that's, that's what kind of clicked for me as far as, wow, this is a topic that I feel like is relatable for everyone because someone might not relate to my clothes or my, you know, my business or my birthmark, whatever it is. But if I can try to relate it to everyone, I think this is something most people can benefit from. So as a creator, um, I know a lot of people say fake it till you make it, but I try to be as honest as I can about my confidence and testing out new things and being unsure if things are going to perform or, you know, and I own it. I'm like, listen, I post three, three times a day, most days. And I know that's maybe annoying, but it's who I am. You know, I have a lot to say. I don't really care. Um, and you kind of just have to be really comfortable in your own in what what you're you're doing and putting out there because I mean at the end of the day someone's gonna have something to say about it and uh, yeah it is what it is
0: exactly and I mean even in outside of social media like if you are out with your friends and it's like kind of friends of friends and you have this big group like you could still say something with a group of ten people and then people are still gonna go say a thing so like the internet is exactly. just that but amplified and if you let the noise of those like friends of friends or whatever it is like get to you, then you may not continue doing the things that you like to do or talking about the things that you like to talk about. So, I feel like confidence is so important because it's like you you need to be able to just say like, this is what I love and I literally don't care if you like it or not. Go find another page that talks about things that you like, but I'm going to do what yeah. I want to do here. You know, like what's the point of being on social media if you are faking the whole thing and just talking about things that other people like you know like that doesn't seem very sustainable or enjoyable at all for me yep
1: and that's why I did the pivot from marketing specific content to more of like I would I guess lifestyle like showing more of my life and embracing it that way because it felt like I was trying to tailor my message to what people wanted to learn or what people wanted to hear. And once I started shifting it to things that are going on in my real life, that's when I started to feel like things were clicking and it was so much easier for me. It was naturally flowing. And I think that's what people sometimes get in their heads about is trying to create content that they think people want versus what they're passionate about, if that makes sense. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it definitely does. And I definitely think it's something too where you're going to have to do a lot of trial and error as you are getting to a point where you feel confident. Like I remember just starting off on Instagram and doing so much stuff that like I thought was right and that I was feeling good about at the time. But as soon as I kind of realize it wasn't performing well or I wasn't really having a lot of fun with it and I didn't feel confident about what I was putting out there. I was just like, why am I doing this? Like I need to change Mm -hmm. it up and, and do something else. And I feel like I tried so many different things that I eventually got to a point where I felt really good about what I was doing. It was performing well. It was something that I felt really comfortable talking about. And that's when I settled into being like, okay, this is this is probably what I'm meant to do. You know, like I think you have to go through the trial and error like just as you did and figure out what feels right. It's not a quick process. And I think that's the most frustrating part for a lot of people.
1: It is. And I think I mean, I've changed my strategy sometimes two, three times in a month because I get an idea or I get excited yeah. about something or I see, and and that's just, I feel you have to be really quick on your feet and open to change because um, that's where I think we see, especially with, you know, adapting to new applications. We see these huge Instagrammers with millions of followers that can't figure out a TikTok for their life. And I'm like, I think <laughs> yeah. that's because they didn't stay open to
0: change and weren't exactly. able to pivot.
1: Um, so I think it's increasingly just so important.
0: Yeah. I mean, you have to, in our industry, I think you have to be really flexible because like, like you said, things are changing all the time. Every time Adam Masseri's face pops up on my feed, I'm just like, what now? (laughs) How are you going to ruin my day today, man? (laughs) I know. (laughs) You you have to be flexible. That's for sure. I mean, also as artists, I think confidence, like we said, is very important, but also I think having like a thick skin and, and maybe this does kind of roll into confidence as well, but like as artists, we deal with all kinds of public. Criticism, you know, like yes, we're creators and we're salespeople, but we're really like it's an art at the end of the day. You know what we're putting together—the visuals, the captions, the strategy—all of it is really an art. But putting all of that out there, you are putting it all out there for the for the public to say whatever they want to say, do whatever they want to do. So, what advice would you give a creator who's maybe having difficulty dealing with like putting their whole self out there for the internet to basically tear apart? (laughs)
1: yeah are mean. I think for oh they're so mean <laughs> and it's also scary to think about like I uh I go to the gym and random people now when I walk in the gym they're like that PR box today you got was cool oh and I'm like, my god
0: <laughs> that makes me yeah, like yeah, that I, makes I, me so uncomfortable oh I hate when people I, do that <laughs> I don't like
1: thinking about people actually watching it I know me that's do. the whole point but I don't like conceptualizing that freaks me out yes um, agreed but I would say for me, I did it. I don't think, I think I did it subconsciously, but I started with baby steps. And then I was open about the fact that now I'm very comfortable saying two years ago, I was super insecure about showing my birthmark or I was adding a filter still or putting my hair over my face, whatever it is. Now I'm comfortable saying that, but back then I wasn't. And it was like little baby steps like that where I started to slowly, I still to this day, you know, I, have, I don't think I've ever shown my stomach on Instagram. And it's just I'm not like a bikini girl. It's not yep. my thing. I would love to step out of my comfort zone and do that. But it's just I'm not there yet. And I'm sure once I do, maybe six months down the road, I'll talk about you know how that was a hurdle for me. But it's just taking those steps of comfort level for you. Because I think a lot of people think when they're going to start an Instagram page or dive into social media, they have to just like all of a sudden unleash all their insecurities, (laughs) all the walls have to go down. But I think it's more relatable if you kind of talk about the process that you went through mentally or physically, whatever it is, to get comfortable is more relatable than being like,
0: here I am. I'm comfortable. Tell you everything. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. This is actually, I just did a post today about this, like talking about the struggles that us creators go through with pitching because it's interesting like people look at me as an influencer a mentor I'm working with all these great brands and it seems like everything is just perfect over here Mm -hmm. obviously it's not but it's so many creators that we look at on Instagram and TikTok we're like wow they're working with all these brands oh my gosh like I can't do that how are they doing that and it's that's Mm -hmm. the comparison but In this post, I was just like, Do you guys know how many pitches that I send every week that don't get responses? Like, that, I mean, that's something we all go through. And I don't care if you're the biggest influencer in the world, like, you absolutely go through rejection every single day. But no one Mm -hmm. talks about the rejection. Everyone just makes it seem like they get these partnerships, like, with no problem. But, you know, I'll send out 20 pitches and get a couple responses. Like, that's not out of the ordinary, but people need to and know. And two of those might be maybes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe a maybe. Right. Yeah. It's re- the rejection. I think that's something that is so relatable. And I like to talk about those things as well, because I don't ever want people to like look at me and think that everything I'm doing is perfect and everything that I'm doing is working every single time that I do it because it's not. And you're right, that that struggle that we all go through is so important to share for the the relatability bit so that people know this is normal. Exactly. And I think that
1: there's not only the confidence that this part you have to get over with yourself, but I think we're also going through this shift in just what social media is. And before, I don't think people cared as much about the human element. They were there more for yep. the aesthetically pleasing photo and the, you know, curated this and that. And now we've taken this shift. So I think that's also a pivot people have to kind of go
0: through in addition yeah. to their own. Photos. Yeah. I'm so happy that people are starting to be more open and honest and you know it's less perfect on the internet. It's it's so refreshing to see and I think that in the next few years it's only going to become more prominent. Like people are going to take so much pressure off of what they're sharing. I think TikTok had a, a huge part in that cuz Instagram oh, I yeah. mean even still to this day I think Instagram is all about like pretty perfect you know edited Mm -hmm. everything looks like I'm out of a magazine but then even the casual Instagram stuff like oh it's so curated that actually drives me crazy my friend Grace did a post about this and she was like does casual Instagram make you feel even worse than like aesthetically pleasing Instagram and I'm like yes it does because you see these girls at coffee shops who are taking pictures on their iPhones and it looks like it's out Mm -hmm. of a magazine and I'm just like why don't I look like that? What's casual about this? Exactly. That that drives me crazy. Um, yeah, I totally lost my train of thought after that. So <laughs> <laughs> it was going I, somewhere I, with it. I don't know.
1: <laughs> something about comparison and just, I think, I like yeah. to, I did a post recently about um, this is something I've really, that's really helped me, especially with comparison on social media is uh, turning my jealousy into motivation. And so looking at other, let's say other female creators, just because that's who I am. I'm a female creator. I'm doing colorful, aesthetic, these sort of things. And instead of looking at their feet and being like, oh my gosh, I don't have a fancy camera. I don't, you know, have this, these great clothes. I'm like, wow, that's something I want to work towards. Or I would love to like ask her a question, you know, over my Wednesday live to try and work towards that point. I've really tried to shift that in my head so that it's, I can take that initial, maybe jealousy, which is a negative thought and turn it into something I can i can make a goal later on.
0: Exactly. And i think that's the best way to look at it because if you do just look at every person that you that is doing what you want to do and you're just jealous and upset about it and you're down on yourself cuz you're not doing it like that's that's the biggest waste of time. There's nothing productive about that. So the mm-hmm. idea of taking that and saying, "Okay, if she can do it, i can do it." how can I get there? What do I need to do? Like making a game plan from there I think is so smart because it's so much more productive than just like sitting in bed all day because you're mad someone got a partnership that you didn't get.
1: Exactly. And I've been leveraging recently these relationships with these brands because I kind of had a moment where I'm like, I have all these contacts with these brands, developed these initial relationships, but I haven't really utilized that relationship for my message and not that it's all right. about me, but I'm like, this is an opportunity to go to a brand and say, I love what XYZ brand is doing. We have a relationship. How can we figure out a way to make that work for, for our relationship? And so right. I think that's a part a lot of creators forget is they they want to book these deals and, you know, get the paycheck where we obviously have to pay bills, but then I'm like, how can you make a difference with this brand? And I think the brands appreciate it a lot too, because it's less transactional oh, yeah. and more conversational and really leveraging those relationships.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, like the brand's goal is to, for most brands, spread a message, spread awareness, like make some sort of impact. So I think if you can come at a partnership, looking at those aspects of what the business is trying to do, they're going to be much more appreciative other than like you being like, oh, hey, yeah, I can take a couple pictures for you and they'll look real pretty. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. cool. But also like, what's, what are you doing to contribute besides taking a couple pictures, you know? Exactly. So speaking of confidence, uh, this is something that I think even the most seasoned creators deal with. How do you handle not getting like super, super down on yourself and giving up when your posts are not performing well?
1: Okay. So I love, I think we've all seen it. If you're an influencer and have been on the internet for 10 minutes. You've probably seen this meme, but it's the one that compares, you know, what 10 people in a room looks like, what a hundred people in a room looks like. You yes. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And that always clicks with me because I try to go back to either my DMS or a comment and I'm like, huh, this has only got 300 views on it, but 300 people in a room is a ton. <laughs> yeah. And Even if one of those 300 people walked away with like a little nugget in their head, that seems pretty exciting to me. Um, And so I try to think of it that way. And I'm a big believer in not deleting your content because someone might discover your page because of one post that does well. And then they might do a deep dive and learn about the rest of your posts and something might click for them. So I think I like to think of it as a portfolio. That's It's a representation yeah. of everything I stand for, everything that my brand is. And sometimes things are going to hit really, they're going to be something prolific, I have to say. And sometimes it might just be minute, but it contributes to the overall success. Um exactly. so try to think of it that way, but it is hard. Yeah.
0: It, exactly. Like I, I like I said I think even the most seasoned creators like deal with this. You know, you always go into posting something with some sort of expectation even though you don't mm-hmm. want to like get super, you know, hopped up on it, but it's hard not to look at the numbers. I hate trying to tell people like, "Oh, don't pay attention to them because I think you are always still going to pay attention to them, but it is really interesting to pay attention to them just in a different perspective." Of like, "Oh man, this like you said only got 300 views, but again, 300 people in a room is like you would maybe not even be comfortable talking I would be in front sweating. of a room." <laughs> exactly exactly exactly. yeah no it's it's a cool way of looking at it and I think that could be really helpful for people who are struggling which this is everyone
1: (laughs) which is and I love I (laughs) I can't remember the page um who put this in perspective but looking at it I think it was Lisette Cavallo I think her's her name but she said okay instead of looking at your daily success go to your insights and see I reached over a hundred thousand people this month So whether it was that tiny post that, you know, all these little posts that maybe didn't perform amazing still contributed to a huge part of that. So try to look at it as the monthly analytics over the daily because or the the single post because that is a lot more um, insightful. Yeah,
0: fulfilling. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I always try and think of it as not every post is going to be my best post. You know, like you have to go in with a mindset of like, not every post is going to hit. You know, and at the end of the day, that's fine. That's normal. But it's so impossible for people to think that every post is going to be like amazing and go viral because it's just not going to happen. That's so unrealistic. Exactly. So I have been recently uh, interviewing a bunch of creators for research for this podcast. And I was really surprised by this. And I wanted to get your take on it. So many people that I talked to said that one of their biggest concerns with being a creator is, almost like being canceled, you know, like saying the wrong Mm. thing or doing the wrong thing. And I think that's such a valid concern. I honestly didn't think that as many people would have would say that, but I got a lot of people who were like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. So I guess what advice would you have for creators to kind of navigate that and like stay, quote, safe from being canceled? Yeah, I think
1: that's where the vulnerability part gets a little scary, especially when you're really putting yourself out there. Um, But I think if you continue to stick to whatever your message is and harp on people, it's the same thing with my business. You know, I'm constantly saying, I'm not perfect. I'm not an expert. There's always going to be someone that knows more than me, but I'm willing to work hard. I'm willing to learn. I think if you keep that same mindset when you're posting online, telling your followers, I know that we've both joked about this. Like my reels, sometimes my reels are not going to do greater. I thought this was going to do amazing and it's not. And yep. I think when you are when you put your walls down and kind of speak openly like that, people are less likely to cancel you because they know your character. They see you're a real person. Yes. I think sometimes where people get into hot water is they try to keep up this perfection or they try to keep up what they said before or, and build on that. And that's where you get lost yeah. in, in that sticky situation. But if people know that you're one to be Open um, or, you know, honest about your trials, right. whatever you're doing, I think being canceled is a lot less likely, hopefully.
0: <laughs> yeah, hopefully, exactly. It reminds hopefully. me of this story. I don't know if you heard this story. I think it was maybe two years ago now, maybe even three years ago, but it stuck with me because I thought it was so crazy. I don't mm-hmm. remember the influencer's name, but she was an influencer who was very, again, like super polished. Everything was perfect. She had a perfect life Mm -hmm. to all of us watching. And so she had, (laughs) this is just crazy. She had her fiance when he was proposing to her, the whole thing was a planned partnership. And, like, dude, you have to go Google it. I'll have to find it and send it to you. It was crazy. So, like, the the husband made, like, these videos. And it was, like, she had to go from one place to the other. And, like, at every place, she, like, had a new pair of shoes for a partnership. And then the next one, she had luggage to get on the plane. And I was just, like, are you kidding me? Crazy. But, like, that is a perfect example of, like, you're going to get canceled if your intentions are not, like, (laughs) you know, like, clearly the intention behind all of that was like, I want to get as many views as possible. Like, not I love my fiance. Like, exactly.
1: Exactly. Oh, my. I think that too is reminding yourself, because it does get really exciting when you see these big numbers from the brands coming through money's you know, coming in and you're like, wow, this is working. I said, I have to do a check with myself sometimes. Like, Am I posting this just because I want to get a brand's attention, or am I posting this because I actually love this mascara? You know, Um, and I try to try my best to constantly ask myself those those questions because it does it is really easy to get sucked caught up.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so true. It is very. That's a great point. Again, I think something that a lot of people don't talk about is like you Mm -hmm. are you doing things for the right reason, and it's never you know for good people at least it's never intentional that you're doing it and knowing you're not really doing the right thing but like right sometimes you don't really even realize it because you're so like you know in work mode you're like in yeah. like yeah goal mode I've got goals and yeah. numbers to hit and it's so important for you to take a step back and like ask yourself even I think about this on stories and stuff sometimes I like step mm-hmm. back and I'm like okay were my stories this month like Too robotic? Did they feel too planned? Mm -hmm. Did they feel not like raw and honest enough? Because it really is Mm -hmm. so easy to like start to get into that like more robotic mode. And before you know it, you're like, oh wow, I've like kind of lost myself here.
1: Yeah. I caught myself doing that with stories when it became and I think you've posted about this too, it became really popular to, uh, everyone was saying you have to have your first story of the day be, you know, an engaging layout. sticker yeah, yeah. or, yeah, you know, and I, because my stories have always been a struggle for me. And so I was like, okay, my first story of the day, I'm going to come up with this question or I'm going to come on and have a vote. And yeah. I'm like, that wasn't what I wanted to post. It was because I thought I had to have this engaging story. So that I had to do a check with myself. That I'm like, great. If there's an opportunity where it feels natural, yeah how people engage on my first story of the day, fine. But I was getting so caught up and letting it expire for 24 hours and do all this that I felt like I was getting inauthentic and I had to do a little bit of a reality check.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like you start into, you get into like a robotic routine. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's something that I think a lot every creator must go through it but again you don't realize it sometimes until you're like deep into it and then you're like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I have to step back and, and assess what's happening here um I don't know yeah. I try and look like every every couple weeks I try and kind of like look back and say like how did the last couple of weeks go you know what what feels like it went really well and why do I think that it went really well and that's how I usually kind of reformulate my strategies just based on what i see people like and and why i think that they're connecting with it
1: i have a flip side story of people really liking something but it didn't align with me Ooh, okay. so i had a really big struggle with this i had a crazy story go wildly viral on tiktok this was like last summer okay it was a story about something that happened to me it's very gruesome and crazy um And it, I mean, within a week, I had like 45 million views on my, (gasps) on my page. So it was nuts. And it was really cool to see numbers coming in and people being excited because they were discovering my other content through that video going so crazy. Yeah. News outlets were reaching out. I mean, (sighs) when I tell you every major news outlet has reached out about this specific TikTok story and it was really exciting at first. And then after a couple weeks, I was like, huh? This story was really traumatic for me. Yeah, I kind of feel like people are associating, you know, I, I started to feel like it was inauthentic. And I'm like, I got it out there. I said the story. Anything I posted that referenced this particular event was instantly viral. I mean, it, it's such a crazy story that I, and then I was like, huh, well, that's pretty crazy. Like I can literally post anything. And I knew for a fact that it would go viral. Okay, I see what you're but saying. I, that's where you have to make a decision as a creator. Like if I wanted to, I could still continue posting about it to this day, but it's, it doesn't define me. It was something that happened to me. It, it, you know, and I think that's where you have to decide. Same thing I think goes for like when people get divorced or breakups and they, they post about it and they know it's going to get views or attention. But at what point do you decide as a creator I can recognize that and know that it's there as tempting as that is, because I know it could continue to get me, you know, more followers and more money and this, that you have to make a decision to not, I mean, just last week, I got another message. Can we share this story? And they offered a ton of money, but I'm like, actually, no, I don't want I don't want that. Do I want to (laughs) re-traumatize myself? (laughs) Exactly, but I yeah. think it's super easy to to get caught in that. To your point,
0: yeah, it is. It definitely is. We brought up a lot of great points here. A lot of a <laughs> lot of things to show influencers and creators. Like sometimes you do have to step back, reassess. You know, like how things are going, how you're presenting yourself, and you know, figure out mentally like what's worth it for you and what's not.
1: And be confident in your own ability to make those decisions and be a business owner, essentially.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Influencers, I I hate when people say influencers aren't real business owners because, like, Mm -hmm. not only does the money prove that we are, but also, like, the decisions and responsibilities that we're responsible for. Like, you can't tell me it's not a business. No. No. Absolutely. People just, they just don't see the behind the scenes. So that's how, you know, that's how those those things get out there about influencers not being real businesses. Drives me insane. <laughs> exactly. I'm
1: so right
0: there at, yeah, right. Exactly. We all are. Um, so at the end of every episode, I open the floor to my guests to ask me any question. So let's hear what your question is.
1: Okay. So I was thinking about this. You've been doing your photo shoots recently and kind of showing you know, the process behind yes. that. Um, I know that both of us, I think, are constantly, like we said, assessing our strategy. But do you see a big shift happening? I mean, your Instagram was just deleted or your second Instagram was just deleted, yeah. which is, that was like a terrifying wake up call for me. Um, but do you <laughs> see, like, how? where do you see the future of your Um, social media presence going? Do you see it expanding beyond social media? Do you think you're going to try to ride all the new things that are coming out? I know that you're constantly changing your strategy, but do you see yourself Mm -hmm. branching beyond taking your brand off of social media?
0: Yeah. So that's a great question. Uh, Yes. Update social meets. Instagram is still gone. I honestly, I think it's been the biggest blessing in disguise though. I was I was so surprised at how not upset I was when I realized it, because at first I was not worried, because I was like, oh, it'll come back, it'll come back, because, like, I had yep. talked to people who said, oh, mine did the same thing. It came back in a couple of days. Um, it's been like three weeks. Still isn't back. <laughs> and I was like, it's fine. And then once I realized that it was probably not coming back, I was like, why am I not freaking out right now? <laughs> but yeah. honestly, I think it's it's been a blessing um, because I've been able to share all of the same things on my page. And now I only have to post on one page instead of two. And it's mm-hmm. honestly game changer. Great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I... It's hard to say because I feel like so much of what I do with my business, with my personal page, like everything is related to social media. And I think about this all the time, like what happens when social media is not what it is today? How do I pivot? And I think Mm -hmm. what my goal is and the best way for me to pivot in a way that feels really good for me and that I think I would really enjoy and I'd still be able to kind of do what I'm doing just in a different capacity would be doing a lot of like in-person speaking events and teaching and panels and things like that where I can actually like physically be in front of people and meet new people and teach and you know spread knowledge just as I am now but in a way that's not completely focused online because I I I think
1: consulting basically yeah
0: Exactly. Exactly, and I think that that would be such a great, like, enjoyable opportunity for me. I've been like trying to speak it out loud as much as possible, mm-hmm. so that like it'll get in the hands of the right person, and I'll have some crazy oh, big yeah. opportunity. <laughs> that's the that's the goal. But yeah, I think that would probably be uh, what I see happening. I've done a lot of things previously in my business that were totally unrelated to social media, and I loved them. But I think this kind of like teaching and tech mixture is is where I feel really comfortable and what I enjoy the most. So however I can translate that off of the internet, I'm so down for.
1: And I'm such a believer in speaking your... I know people say speak into existence, but I truly yeah. believe unless you verbalize to other people your needs, your goals... People aren't going to be able to help you unless yeah. they know that that's something you want. So once you exactly. plant that seed, they're going to think of you when they're talking to the guy at TED Talks, yep. you know,
0: whatever it is. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I actually just applied to speak at this uh like big conference called Inbound. Um oh. it's it's really cool. It's run by HubSpot. I did like a a partnership with them last year where I promoted it. I and then, so that. I emailed the girl and I was like, "Hey, while we're here, <laughs> I see that you're looking for it. applicants. So, we're we're speaking that into existence as well." <laughs> I love that. So, for everyone who after this conversation, it's like, I need to get to know this girl. Where can we find you?
1: Yes. So I'm, my main two platforms are Instagram and TikTok. Um, but I am on track. I'm praying that my first YouTube video will go live this month. So I've been diving deep into the YouTube shorts. Really excited that. that I already have followers or subscribers before my first video goes up. So Uh, But YouTube is a beast, I got to say. Yeah, it's Um, it's intimidating. It's intimidating. A lot of factors, having to learn editing, intros, outros, all the things. Oh, yeah. But Instagram, TikTok is Reagan Bailey, and YouTube is coming soon.
0: Yay! Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. I'm excited to watch your YouTube videos. I think you'll have a ton of success there, just as you have everywhere else. And I will make sure... I'll put all the links down there. I'll have you send me the YouTube link as well so that we can okay. get that there. Um, but yeah, thank okay. you so much for being here. This was amazing. And I, I know that so many people listening are just like feeling so good right now.
1: Yay, I hope so. That's my whole
0: goal. It's just to leave people a little bit happier and a
1: little bit more inspired and empowered than when they came on
0: to the yes. that <laughs> That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Yes, all right, awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was so fun. All right, I'll see you soon thank you so much for listening to this episode and we hope that you loved every minute if you learned something new drop us a review and let us know what you learned if you hear something in this episode that you want to chat about more definitely send me a message on instagram at your social mate or kboosk see you next week